What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. Right. All right. Welcome, fatherhoods. Back at it again. Yes. Going on. Glorious, yeah. Another glorious week in the books. Yes, yes. So, fellas, who's got who's, who's got a, a hot topic? Who's got something pressing on their mind? Or should we? I mean, I, I got something. I got, I got something to talk about if you guys don't go, have something. Keep, go. Keep keep guys. Um, so, uh, last episode, we started talking about, uh, you know, nature versus nurture. That was an interesting conversation. And um, so I, we, we said we wanted to talk about this with ourselves earlier on when we first started this, and we haven't really kind of gotten into that too heavy. But I'm just curious because I've been thinking about this just when I'm monitoring my own parenting skills or lack of skills or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering for you guys, what do you think your – your relationship or lack of relationship or whatever, good or bad, with your dad um, is creating the way that you're raising your kids. What are the things that you see yourself doing positive and or there are some negative things that you're doing that you want to break the cycle from from maybe how you were raised or I don't know. I, th- I think it just kind of varies depending on how we how we interacted with our dads growing up before we get before we get started answering that's a meaty motherfucking topic i was about to say (laughs) i was gonna say that's a hand grenade of a topic yeah (laughs) you know i'm I'm looking at like i wrote down a couple topics for myself and i'm looking at mine and mine are like two minute joints this joint is like (laughs) this like a season Right here. Yeah, yeah, we need to have a, a special psychologist <laughs> guest to dissect what we talk about right now. Well, we can do the, you know, we can do the the the, the shortened version of it, but just <clears throat> just things, something I've been thinking about. Just you know, like I said, I'm I'm I don't know if everyone else does this. I'm assuming they do, but I just am kind of constantly kind of checking my own temperature in terms of what kind of job I'm doing raising my son, and you know, the things that I'm hopefully teaching him and hopefully not instilling in him, you know, and I'm wondering like, where is this coming from? And, you know, what's kind of the, the guiding force. And, and, uh, so for me, like I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I have a great relationship with my dad now, but he, I I was not raised with him and it wasn't until probably, uh, elementary school that I started that at least I can remember having some contact with him. Um, and then that was limited contact. And then through the years it had just kind of been gradually building up, but it was, it was never, you know, it's strange. It's like when you're a little kid and you know, you know, you have a dad, but you really don't know what that means because you're not around them all the time and it just feels it seems more like all right this is a friend as opposed to a parent because you're just used to whatever parenting style is going on daily with you in that case it's my mom so so yeah i wonder i wonder sometimes just like okay what what did i not learn that i probably could have benefited from Mm. from having a dad around all the time um and and how and so I'm mindful of that when I'm raising my son, like, okay, these are things that I never really thought I needed to know. Just any like confidence boosting, um 
you know, not necessarily being aggressive or anything like that, just having having confidence and be able to speak up for yourself. And mm-hmm. um, not that a, a woman, a mom can't teach you that, but uh, at least for me, you know, that necessarily wasn't something that I can remember being taught. And it was more so having to kind of learn the hard way or learning from, yeah. you know, older <laughs> friends and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm finding it interesting, like just kind of being mindful of these things that maybe we take for granted. Um, when you say uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, you like it was like a friend versus an actual parent. I, I get what you're saying, but in your case, and you know, this is something I, I guess I'm not all that clear about. You did move around a bunch. I just don't know yeah. if that was early in your life or after like high school or college. No, it was. Uh, all through, but definitely a lot when I was definitely a lot when I was younger. Um, more so when I was older, it was just more so on my own device of just right. bouncing around because you know I, I just if I didn't like somewhere, I'd go figure out somewhere else to live, that kind of thing. But growing up earlier, you know that that's just out of necessity bouncing around. So that kind that, of thing was that an intricate part of why there was distance between you know you and your father? Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, partially he was on the West Coast, and for the most part, uh, I was on the West Coast early on, like in early half of elementary, and then I moved to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, But even so, when I was, you know, I was in San Francisco, he was in L.A., and my mom and him had uh, a not-so-great relationship. I think it was, you know, it was kind of stressful in their whole their whole marriage was like an arranged marriage, and you know, so oh, really? basically, there was yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of um, a, a whole lot of uh, you know, necessarily Choice. them knowing each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. That's a whole other story, but um, but yeah, so so really, for me, growing up with learning about him, um, you know, I think he felt strange as well. Because it's like, here you have a son, don't really know him, don't really see him that much. It's like, how do you try to interact with this kid who doesn't know you and might be looking at you skeptical? And I think, you know, it was his kind of idea of, well, you know, instead of calling me dad, let's be friends because you don't really know what a dad is. And, Mm. uh, you know, I think. Did that throw you for a loop, though? Like having that be like the, the way you guys interacted? Um, like officially too. It wasn't like that. That was just a sense. It was like he yeah. said, "This is how we should do it." Yeah, it was just strange, you know, because I did. And for me, I always, I, I think, aside from him, because I mean, every time we spent together, it was cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a good time. But it was still like, all right, is what? What is the relationship here? Um, whereas like my mom's boyfriends or ex-husbands or whatever, that kind of, like, I never really cared much for them and, you know, never thought, you know, to me, it was like, to me, it was always like, um, guys or dads or male figures always seem kind of like dickheads, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So I never really thought too highly of, of, you know, a dad scenario or that kind of thing. So I guess this particular situation was just it is you know it was what it was and i really couldn't couldn't make much out of it other than you know what i was being presented with because i really didn't have a context as as to what it should be and frankly a lot of my friends didn't you know they didn't have uh fathers for the most part and those that did um were also dickheads you know whether Mm -hmm. they're alcoholic or abusive and that kind of thing so yeah How how does that, as far as your own parenting, because like comparing and contrasting uh, from your own dad, like what are you picking up that you're noticing that you're either applying from the, you know, what you picked up or I'm sure there's a lot of question marks too, right? Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, I am hyper aware of just trying to be as present as I can in his life and like just, you know, be that dad that is going to be super important to him and you know really be play a prominent role in his life and not just you know play the sideline mm-hmm. um because i you know i don't necessarily have context to from growing up as to you know what a dad should or shouldn't do um so yeah i think and 
and I think that's a good thing, like, you know, that I am present and I am paying attention and, you know, trying to play as an important role as I can. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, the thing that the thing that lacked for me, which has bolstered me to want to, you know, um, do do more and be more in, oh, present in in my son's life. I always wonder about like, so you're brought up in a particular fashion, you experience things in a particular way, especially when it comes from, you know, the parents and you could, it's easy to go, or at least it seems like from, you know, people that you witness, it seems like you can either follow in the direction of how things happen to you, or you can deviate from it because they were either so, you know, they're probably in most cases so bad or, didn't feel as comfortable that you go in the the more positive direction to kind of offset right. what took place. Right. And, and that's something that's interesting to me because for me, like my dad was like an adulterer, right? Rolling stone, like always, you know, had some new girl, but I can't, I can't say that he wasn't present in my life, right? All throughout, he would always be around, in some way, shape, or form. So the the presence aspect, I give him a lot of credit for. But then the adulterer part of it, right? I grew up like really resenting that, just because I knew what my mom went through. So in my for me, it was always like I always had a very high appreciation for women, and more and specifically when it came to relationship, like it wasn't something that I took for granted and was like, yo, I'm a I'm a dick around, you know, whatever. Like I had my little phase, but it wasn't something that I was like, like you hear most guys, right. Or your friends or whatever. They're like, Oh yeah, no, nah, I'm just slaying everything. Like that wasn't my thing because of that. So because of him. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cause I saw what they did to my mom. So I was like, nah, yo, I can't, I can't do that to another woman. And so I think that's one of those things that for me, like <laughs> has kept me in this on the straight and narrow in my relationships. And you know, it's been great for me, but I could see other people look at me crazy when I'm like, nah, I haven't, I haven't done that or nah, I don't steer away. And is that something, so now that you're, you know, on that trajectory, is that the, is that, cause that to me, that's a positive thing. And I'm assuming that's probably, you know, something that you would want to instill in your son or at least, you know, pass along like, Hey, this is one way to consider and think about relationships. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's still... When the time comes, right. yeah. He's still a little young. But I think we, you know, my wife and I express a lot of love to each other. And that's also something that I never really saw growing up. Both, like, and we talked about this, I think, in previous episodes. Like, we knew that there was love from the single-parent home that we came from or the dual-parent home. But it wasn't really expressed all that often. And so we, my wife and I, make it a point to express to each other, and not like forcefully, it just naturally kind of oozes out. And our kids see that a lot, and I think that in and of itself, like, I think they're going to grow to covet that kind of interaction and try to seek it. Now, when that happens, I think that's going to be where the challenging part comes, because what we have, my wife and I, you know, knock on wood, I don't see around a lot. And so for them to find, I think, may be difficult just based on the numbers. But it's an interesting challenge for us as we grow older because, you know, I don't know how we can say something, express it. But then for them to find something similar may be very hard. Yeah. Well, my wife and I are on the same tip with you and just in terms of, you know, showing that love. And, you know, luckily we have a great relationship. And 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 then I, and it makes me think like, damn, you know, this is. Thank, thank God we do, because I can only imagine what that must feel like to be, you know, we've been talking to different folks and, you know, some of them have, have had to do the weekend dad right. routine. Or I think about my dad and, you know, whatever their circumstances were, I'm sure he, you know, wanted to have more of a role in my life. Um, but, you know, because of the nature of their relationship, it just wasn't possible or yeah. whatever the whatever the case may be. I could just only imagine what it's like to not be there or not have full access to my kid and be able to, you know, be a part of their life. And that, you know, that's got to be, that's got to be a tough, I mean, it's tough for everyone. It's tough for the kid and it's also tough for, for the father. Yeah. I think that, um, one of the things too to, to consider is, uh, subconsciously the stuff that we might 
not even know that we're that could we could do wrong or you know because of those experiences that we've had and that's what i fear more than anything else because i think you can think about the things you didn't have or the things that your father you know if he wasn't around or whatever or your parent did wrong and you could say okay that was wrong and i want to try to do better but then there might be psychological repercussions that subconsciously you're not aware of and that's what i fear i don't know if that's me just being crazy but that's my fear more than anything else and i'm always trying to think to myself like let me make sure that 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 you know um uh, whatever that i that that i'm there my my main thing for me more than anything is consistency whether it's it doesn't necessarily mean that consistency means a lot of something it just means that it's consistent throughout it's reliable because my dad wasn't consistent in my life uh, even in terms of stability of, of living you know i moved around in when i was really really young which is what really when it matters i moved around like coast to coast and and you know in school to school and and bounced around so all of that to me i felt like it affected me as a child and that's what i like i've been fearful of having children because i want to make sure that you know, it's uh, everything's perfect for stability, for consistency, right, and all that stuff. And that's that's for me where like what affected me. And then I'm also thinking like, you know, okay, what I know that I'm, you know, I'm a little off in some things. You know, like you know, none of us are perfect people. And when I'm talking about subconscious, I'm not talking about anything crazy or like you're gonna do anything wrong. I'm just saying like you just want to try to be that perfect parent to your child, but there is no perfection, obviously. So I just, you know, I'm always wondering, like, what, you know, what I, I didn't learn proper, you know, fathering from my dad. Yeah. But what subconsciously did I even did? I don't you know, I need to make sure I'm not, you know, doing anything like I've always worried. My dad was an alcoholic. And so I was always like thinking about that. And then, of course, now I do a fucking show called Dream Champs. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, God damn it. Am I a fucking, you know, alcoholic? Holy shit. And to a degree, I must be an alcoholic. So. You know, then I'm wondering, is that going to affect my my child? You know, like, oh, fuck, man, I'm fucked. You know, like, there's all these stupid little things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, for me, man, I, I, I'm trying to just be keep a stable home and, and be consistent. And whatever happens outside, of, I feel like, the, for me, at least personally, consistency, um, I don't know, that it provides that foundation for for any child at least for, for to have a you know more successful life, I think, personally. <clears throat> I mean, I think, you know, what Premium Pete, like what he's established with Presence Over Presence and, and that whole movement, I, I think ties very neatly into kind of what we've just been discussing here because no matter, in my experience, and, and I'm judging this based on what I've observed from other people who've got, who I've seen their kids kind of grow over time. Right. Those that have had that consistency and and maybe I'm not talking about like the extremes where somebody suffers from some sort of substance abuse or right, right, you know, alcoholism, right. but the middle of the road kind of parent father in this case that, you know, m may have their violent tempers, for instance, they don't beat their kids, but they're screaming at their kids for whatever right. reason. Like even in those cases, they they establish kind of this sense of understanding. Again, I'm not talking about the abusive type, but right, like, right, right. you know, short temperedness type of thing. And it becomes kind of normal to a degree, but they value the fact that their parent, their father, has been there. You know, if they went to their games consistently, growing up being an athlete, or you know, graduation, all these milestones of life, and even the smaller moments when they kind of summarize their upbringing that to them means a whole lot and they tend to have a decent relationship with their dad because it, it ends up stacking up definitely is what happens right. and what you're talking about in terms of like like uh you know whether you scream at your kid or whatever i think a child someone understands or a child eventually will understand that there's a per each person has their own personality traits mm -hmm. and they may not all be perfect traits or the best traits at all but as long as you're not being abusive or anything like that, right. you know, some eventually a kid like in friendships, I always try to tend to find out like how how people are like in like when I always say I value people that I've known for a while because I, I know them. I know them yeah. so I can I don't get offended when they do stupid things if I know them, you know, what I'm saying so I feel like 
the same goes in a family environment and a kid. A kid's gonna go, oh, my dad's fucking retarded. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> right. But 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 in the long run, like you said, it stacks up. That consistency ends up stacking up, and they appreciate the totality of that parent and what they did. You know, what they contributed to to that person's life. I think. Again, <laughs> unless unless they're not a total experience. asshole, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Right. Again, yeah. It's, no, but I said, yeah, but I said not going in total extremes, you know. But, right, right. But yeah. yeah, but just being able to know like who a person is and kind of what their what their strengths and weaknesses right. are, the, you know, the good points and bad points, because then, you know, if you kind of know and love who they are, you can, you know, when they're having some not so great moments, it's like, ah, oh, okay, let me just leave them alone yeah, for right just, now and. Yeah, back away you're just like ah this this person like you know you kind of in your head you're like ah nah, they're just acting like themselves again or you know you blame it on their sign ah he's just a cancer right. he's just a fucking gemini right. ah, <laughs> you know and and it and you don't it doesn't no one you don't take it personal right and i mean i've i've known you know kids or or friends that they've all oh, my dad wild out today you know he's fucking you know whatever he's a retard or mm-hmm. he got mad but they get over it quicker than if you know if there's that person's in and out of their lives and then you kind of like notice all these bad traits even they're like amplified because that person is is not i don't know it's just they don't have that connection to that person that person it hasn't really contributed to their life so they're like bro don't come in my life and fucking with your bullshit basically right <clears throat> you know thinking thinking about your original question Kay, um th- there's a there's a few things that came to mind when you when you asked it <clears throat> uh, most notably for me, as I'm thinking about kind of how my father's influence kind of came into my world, pro or con, I do a lot of, in my own parenting style, I try my best to set very clear and attainable expectations with my kids, right? And so, reason being, I came through, you know, my father a ton of times, he would say, yeah, I'm gonna come and pick you up at on this day at this time. Most often it wouldn't happen. Either he would come really late or wouldn't come at all. And it wouldn't be like, yo, heads up or anything like that. So for me, and I and I kind of thank him for it to a degree because it's helped me be very cognizant of time and date and kind of what I speak about. So if I commit to something, more often than not. I, I, I do what I say or I give ample notice to say, look, it's not going to happen at this time, but let's try to do it another time. And and so, I, I've you know, from early on, especially with my with my oldest daughter, I would always tell her, believe it when you see it. Don't just believe because people fill these kids heads up with a bunch yeah. of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially like around the holidays, like, you know, some long lost family member will come out of the woodwork and be like, Oh, I'm going to send you blah, but what do you want? Right. And then she'll come and be like, Oh, I want my fucking little pony, whatever it is. And she'll be sitting there waiting, waiting. And this is, she was like four years old. I remember this. I can't remember what the toy was, but she was just sitting there kind of waiting, waiting and nothing ever showed up. And, and at that point I was like, listen, people are going to always tell you some shit and you have to be cool enough in the head to, to you know, accept it. Don't be rude about it, but set your own expectations to not really expect it until you actually see it. <clears throat> and to this day, like she'll recite that. Like she'll be like to her little brother, if you know, believe it when you see it. And that 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 feels good because like I want them to learn early on not to be devastated by these things because you know they they mount up over time as well. And then when they get to a certain point you know, relationships, whatever the case is, like, shit starts to really hurt. But now you kind of set that emotion where it's like, look, man, I'm not even going to sweat it until I actually see the, the fruit of whatever it is you're talking about. Let me ask you guys something real quick. Um, And it's kind of trying to, you know, jump off of this subject to a degree. Do you feel that you guys share the same exact... um? Outlook on parenting styles with your spouses? Hmm. I think um, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, I think we, I think both of us jumped into this, you know, with the mindset of like, hey, let's even if we disagree with something, let's try to talk it out and see if we can get on the same page or 
you know, gives each other the room to to figure it out or try something. Because I, I think just in the idea of, like, the child, like, if the kid sees that the parents aren't a united front, mm-hmm. it's much easier for shit to go haywire or for them to try to, right. you know, because they can be slick and they'll try to maneuver around and, you know, figure out who's, you know, who's more in line with what they want or... So I think I think we've been, you know, we've we've talked quite a bit about and, and just tried to be mindful about being a united front and and like I said, even if we don't agree on something, let that be a conversation between us as opposed to finding out, you know, in front of the kid. Um, and it could just be small things sometimes, you know. And sometimes it's just like, uh, you know, my son might say, hey can I watch a show in the morning and I might feel like, yeah, okay. And on on the flip side, my wife doesn't necessarily want him to do that because she wants to do something else. So it may sound insignificant, but like little things like that, if, if, we, if one of us says yes, the other says no, then that can sometimes cause a bigger crisis with, you know, yeah, the kids. it creates with, inconsistency. Yeah, exactly. So I think you know th- those are just learning lessons of like us just you know probably just having to communicate more about hey let's do this or or I find myself I think both of us end up just kind of saying well let's check why don't you check with uh, your dad or check with your mom first and just right. so we get a kind of a better feeling. But did did you um see you know and me as a as a new parent. You know, I feel like we haven't been parents long enough to know, you know, what our parenting style is going to be necessarily. But did you ever feel that you gave more leeway or you followed the lead of 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 the mother because they were the mother? They they, you know, they carried the baby for for nine months and all that. Like they, the mother tends to kind of like lead the way, it seems, in the beginning. Um, I'm not sure if we had that, I think because I think, I think at the beginning we were both so, I mean, you're just so new to it. Right. And, and I think both of us were just looking at each other for support to make sure that we were doing the right things. Uh, So I don't think we leaned one way or another. I mean, there might, there's definitely times where, um, I just might not have an idea about it. And, you know, for me, it's, Hey, you know, trust your motherly instinct. But on the flip side, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty good dad. And so she trusts my judgment quite a bit as well. Um, but I think there are things, especially as I've mentioned, um, lately about, you know, just some of the attitude changes that, that we're right. going through and, it's not super major, but it's him just learning how to deal with frustration and anger. And I see my wife kind of taking the lead in the working it out area. Um, so I, I kind of take a step back and just, you know, I'm, I'm letting her kind of flow through it and following her lead on that because uh, it, without us even really having to talk about it, it's more like, hey, instead of blowing up at him and you know, causing more friction. Let's try this. Let's try this scenario and see if we can talk it through and it might make more sense and be more beneficial in the long run. So I think, I think as we're learning as parents, you know, there'll be times where, you know, I'll see that she's got a kind of a plan in mind and I'll step back and, you know, let her, let her drive on, on that and vice versa, that kind of thing. How about you, Manny? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, like uh, to to K. Like, I'd say we're closer to like 95 percent uh, in agreement on pretty much everything. Uh, but that five percent is kind of like that wiggle room where, on the fly in the moment, we will kind of allow we'll, we'll signal each other almost for one or the other to take the lead on whatever that situation is, and then we kind of talk about it afterwards to see if maybe we need to tweak it on the next round or whatever the case is. Cause a lot of it is repetitive, especially in our case, mm-hmm. having three, we've kind of seen a pattern across, you know, all three. So at this point we're kind of pros at it, but, but yeah, we're, we're in line in the parenting style. 
And and it's not a defined parenting style. It it evolves every day. It's just that we're open enough to allow ourselves to change and navigate it, you know, differently when the time calls for it. Yeah, and I think if you have, if you're in agreement on like, especially the major kind of points of parenting, like discipline and you know how all that stuff flows, you're in a good you're in a good spot. And but you're right, you know, even the like the little things that kind of consistency. Um, that can, that can go a long way, but, but we're all, you know, apt to fuck up and, and make mistakes and whatnot. So I think as long as we all have each other's back, that's the major thing. But like, even, you know, for instance, we, we were talking about this a few episodes ago, like the whole iPhone thing in my house. Right. Right. Like I'm staunchly opposed to her having it. My wife is, is in agreement with her having it. All right. I'm, but like I said, I, I bow out of the situation. And that's my way of saying, yo, like, we're not going to argue about this shit. This is not going to be a thing that we are going to be divisive about. You go ahead, run how you think you need to. But here are the very clear parameters as to how I'm involved. And then we just keep it moving. So it doesn't always have to be like, oh, we're in agreement. Everybody's happy. No, it's like, all right. We're, we agree sometimes to disagree, as corny and cliche as that shit is. So Manny, were you remind me? Were you were your parents? Uh, did they divorce, or how how far yeah. into your life would did you have like two parents at home? Or? So two married parents uh, had them. I think I might have been like four. Okay. They parted ways, like officially. Um, yeah. And, and did was, you? Were they were they uh, probably too young to remember? But I mean, even when your dad was around, were they? Did they seem aligned in their parenting style, or were they just too? Or were they off in two different? It was. I mean, the parenting really was my mom. Yeah. Um. My my dad came <clears throat> in and would like, you know, it would be haphazard coaching. I guess I would call it right. But he. What I do like about, you know, their dynamic as as fucked up as a broken household is he knew his place and understood the value of my mom kind of leading the charge since that's who we were with. And he respected her as a mom. So there was never any real that I can remember any disagreement in parenting of of us or what have you. Uh but it was like I said for for his involvement was more coaching. There was value in it, but it wasn't like you know big milestone things that you kind of pick up at, from a parent that really came about. Even mm-hmm. though they had kind of a wonky relationship, like it wasn't when he got divorced when they got divorced that he was out of the home. Like sometimes he would sleep there, and I was like, <clears throat> "What the fuck is?" And for for a long stretch, it was like. Why? years and I, and it wasn't until i was like maybe 12 or 13 that i understood that they were actually not a couple and i was kind of, you know kind of threw me for a loop but in that time like it felt like i had a two-parent ho- household even though for the most he would just really be there to sleep right he he used to uh, drive taxi cabs out here so he would just be roaming the streets trying to get a fare or or dicking down somebody who knows, <laughs> right? And and then he come to sleep, so that was kind of, you know, the relationship for the most part. Mm. He when did when did your parents divorce? Um, they separated when I was around like Manny's age, like four, and that's when my dad moved. I was in L.A. They were, we were all in L.A. and he moved to Miami, and then around like five or six. We moved to Miami and they were tried it. They tried it out. We moved back to L.A., moved back to Miami. And then they didn't finally like officially divorce till I was like, I don't know, like 12 or something. But from four on, he was pretty much out of the picture. And and then the times that we came to Miami, like my dad was actually someone that I he was like a monster in my life at that time. You know, he was like it was someone that I feared and and it was just not it was nothing healthy, you know. Did he he try to, like, play a parent role with, you know, actual parenting? Or was he just someone that that was there that you wanted to get away from? 
Uh, meaning, meaning, like, did you, between your mom and your dad, like, did you feel like you had to listen to them both in terms of their parenting advice or t- them telling you what to do? Or is it basically mom is the only one I'm listening to? And, you know, I mean, it. it's just he was so spotty. And in, in, in the times that I remember him being around, the only thing I ever remember is him wilding the fuck out because, you know, yeah. he he was an alcoholic and he had, you know, flashbacks as a Vietnam vet. And he, you know, super temper tantrum you know like not temper tantrum, but he had a, a, a big temper and and you know and so i all i ever remember if, if there was any kind of like like if he was trying to to discipline me it was just some wild shit you know like right a fucking yeah. backhand or or screaming like fucking like i murdered somebody or it's just crazy shit like that that's that's really all i remember from him i don't remember much of anything else and then and then when they finally divorced and he went away he would come every so often and it was just more of like, hey, you know, I'm here. Uh, let's go, you know, let's buy you a toy. He'd be in a hotel. We'd hang out for the weekend and then he'd be gone. And it was just more like my dad's here. He's going to buy me something. We're going to go to a movie and he's ghost after that, you know? Right. <clears throat> can, I, can I ask a question? So my, my dad used to come through and the movies was a place where we would go off and when he would like, well, he was yeah, no you know. longer at the place. You don't have to talk much. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Because right. Every, everyone's, you got to figure it's a strained relationship across the board. Like right. us as kids, we don't know what the hell to, <laughs> to say, right? And no, exactly. The, 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 the adults, they've been gone and, you know, they're probably like, oh, damn, what do I say to this kid? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of incumbent upon the parent, right? To like start yeah. the conversation. But I, I remember one time he took us. Uh, <clears throat> so we, we went to the movie theater, we were watching uh, Malcolm X. And you know Malcolm X is like three, three and a half hours or some shit. Right? Oh, yeah. So we there, and then, I don't know, 15 minutes into the movie, I hear snoring. And I look over, and I'm like, <laughs> yo, this motherfucker here. <laughs> and, yo, he slept pretty much through the whole movie. And I and that's what, I was like, this is what the weekends are. Like, that's right. kind of when it hit me. Like, holy shit. Like, it wasn't a lot of interactivity at least for a stretch i was like fuck man this is, he's getting off real easy right now like was, <laughs> i could be home i don't know playing with my friends <laughs> the fuck we right. doing yeah you know what made it super awkward for me is that when my parents finally got divorced and and you know they were doing the court proceeding stuff i had to like basically testify against my dad oh that's fucked up and then i had to, then you know then he had like the visitation right at whatever point and he straight up was like why did you do that? Like, uh, you know, I felt like a like a snitch. Yeah, like a snitch and like a fucking gangster. Like, yo, you about to fucking get, you know whacked for, for snitching on me. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it was pretty. It, it made for really awkward uh, visitations. Yo, but that's kind. Of, I mean, how old were you? At that point, I was like six. Oh, but like for five, some, six for somebody six, to put a seven. kid on trial, basically, like that shit is kind of wild. Yeah, the, the, I mean, all that time period, like, I'm really off with when and what because it's so blurry to me. It just, I just know that the parts when we first moved to Miami the first time, it was like, it's like one of those, uh, like a haunted house movie where the, the, when the family gets there and they're like all happy, it's a new house. The kid, ah, I can't wait. It's going to be the best house ever. The movie starts all fucking happy. And then, like, little by little, the fucking, the hauntings start happening. Oh, shit. And then that's what, that's how that time period in my life was because then, we would like me. My mom would come into my room in the middle of the night, and be like, "Yo, come on, we're leaving." Like we had to escape. Wow. And jump on a plane and boom, I'd basically wake up in L.A. all of a sudden. And then she'd be like, a couple months later, or a few months, later, be like, "We're gonna try it out again. We're gonna go back to Miami." And I would be like, "No, don't take me back to the haunted house." Yeah. You know? <laughs> I felt like it was terrifying to for me. And in in the in the crib here in Miami, it was uh, in Country Walk. And anybody that knows Miami at that time in the eighties. Country Rock's this new development that's like super south in the middle of nowhere at the time. So it's like I'm coming from L.A. where I this is my life in L.A. I had my friends, my family at the time. And then, boom, I'm in Miami, this foreign place. I'm practically in the fucking and the way I looked at it in the Everglades. Mm-hmm. And I remember I hate storms because like rainstorms, because when we would come here in the summer, it's nonstop monsoon rains. So it's like added to the haunted house vibe. Like, oh, shit. And then my room, you know, he had like my dad had the nice, you know, like a, a nice crib compared to what we lived in L.A. Nice cars, all that. My room was like on the other side of the crib. Hmm. So I like it was just horrifying for me. 
you know, and then that's why, like, I'm telling you, like, my takeaway from everything of all that is just, like, don't be that monster to my kid. <laughs> have stability so the kid doesn't have to go back and forth and have all these fucked up memories and just create, you know, consistency where they feel, you know. And when I say consistent, I mean, like, loving home, you know. And even if you great with whoever you're with, you know, you can still maintain that and it doesn't have to be this craziness, man. <clears throat> yeah, create a, a warm environment for the kids. For sure. It, you know what it comes down to in many cases? It's uh, relieving yourself of enjoying your own life. And, and I don't mean it like now now you're fucked, you have kids, like you can't live. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But you have to be selfless and really focus on the well-being of the kids. Like you hear parents talk about this shit all the time. Like, you know, I can't sleep anymore or whatever the case is. But like you really have to mentally prepare yourself to live for them and once that switch <clears throat> kind of is flipped a lot of this consistency stuff i think starts to naturally come about but i find like there's a, you know there's parents that i know that are really still trying to live their own lives and at the at the sacrifice of of their children like they'll just dump them you know they're still weekend partying every week right you know right right and their kids are off with the, the neighbor or whoever and that shit, it kind of takes a toll on the kids after a while. I wonder, though, and this is something that I'm trying to grapple with and understand now. Um, I understand everything you're saying, but there has to be like a like, how do you how do you um balance balance? Yeah. Yeah. To because your mental stability, you're being able to to let out some steam. You're being able to do whatever job gives you, you know, income to to provide that stability, that's all just as important because you could be like, I'm selfless now, I'm all yours, and then everything else goes to shit. Mm -hmm. That's not going to help, you no, know? No, that's an extreme, right. I mean, the the but balance yeah, has to be there. Yeah, you have to be. Right. I mean, I think you have to you have to figure out what that balance is, basically. You know, it's like, all right, if I've got X amount of days and, you know, maybe when I was, when I didn't have kids and didn't have a lot of responsibilities, um, you know, I'm out partying or letting loose or whatever. Right, absolutely. Four, four days a week. But, you know, may, maybe in order for me to maintain some sanity and kind of feel like myself, maybe I'm going to limit that to one day a week and, you right. know, just to make sure that, you know, I still feel like myself because, yeah, you do have to, you do have to take care of yourself and feel good about yourself and what you're doing because that's going to help you take care of those around you but but you know you, again i think it's just with anything find a balance i think mean, that's probably and I, and a, lot, a lot of people's hardest thing is trying to figure out i, I mean to, i think that's that shit that is i think that's right there is like the pandora's box or or the, or the secret to to this because that's something that I think a lot of people have deal with. And, and then and that's when the parenting styles also take a toll on you because if you have different parenting styles and you're trying to find balance, like you might, the parents are in totally different wavelengths and that mm -hmm. starts to cause friction. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also what is in like, like the, the stuff that you do before and after kids, like what's, what's really important. You know what I mean? Like what half of the stuff that we probably do before we have kids or before we're in a relationship is because we're looking for ultimately right. relationship and kids for even if we don't know about it. Right. And then, so then afterwards, half of that shit is probably non-existent. We don't even need to be thinking about it. So, I mean, for me, most of my time outside of my son is probably spent thinking about, uh, you know, creative work stuff, yep. things that'll bring me joy in that, in that, respect and it's also an important part of providing for my family and you know thinking about what's you know him down the road you know that kind of stuff so yeah it's setting, just like, setting up the foundation for yeah yeah and 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 really quick also even more complicated i think for people in in the industries that we're kind of all in, in to a degree, you know, like, like I, I sometimes I look at people with nine to fives and I kind of like say, man, it's, that I would imagine that that would be easier to create the balance with that kind of a job, you know, like a nine to five. Well, I would think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, but. you're right in the sense that there <clears throat> is a sense of predictability that comes from 
call it the Which, traditional right. job, right? But but in in so for instance, in my case, and we talked about this as well, like travel, right? So like you travel for work, even in a nine to five case, like I used to have, you're traveling sometimes for you know weeks, right? And that that be, that takes a toll on any family, really. But like if you don't have, for me, that's that's therapy, right? Because I'm away for a week, like I get to unwind a little bit, but then. You know, in a matter of I don't know, a couple of days, like I really start to feel like a void, and that, yeah, then yeah. it turns into this other thing where it's like, shit, I gotta get back. And so, but there's people, many people that I've worked with who that doesn't happen. Like for them, it's like, shit, I can go another week, and it's all good. But what does that do to the the family at home, right? Especially the kids. Like, I I don't know. I, I just and, and, I don't have it. Well, you Manny, you have. Pretty much, I would consider a pretty big family to a degree. Yeah, at least compared right. yeah. to, to me and Kether. Yeah, I've talked to people, um, not necessarily like you know within the realm of work that we do or anything like that, but just other parents. And there's been some people that I've spoken to that are that are like no problem. Like I leave my kids here, I I do my thing, I live my life, like blah blah. But one thing I do notice about those people is that they have a bigger family, where I think it absorbs you know, that void for the kid, at least, mm. where the kid's like, if I'm not here, you know, if the parent's not there, the extension of that parent through, you know, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, siblings, whatever is there. Mm. And I think that that when you have a smaller family unit, there's more of that void. And, and, and you know, it's unfortunately, yeah, it, it affects the child more, you know, it affects all I think everybody, not just the child, the parents, because yeah. you feel guilty, you know, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I, I, I'm saying to myself, man, why do I feel guilty about certain things? You know, because, you know, I want to I want to be there most of the time, you know, if not 100 percent of the time, if anything. But you just can't, you know, and, and you got to go and do things. And, and sometimes you have to do things for you because if you're not this ultimately it becomes health, you know, like yeah. whether it's mental health or even physical health. You need to be healthy so that you can be around for your children and your family and provide for them. And sometimes I feel like that's where maybe, you know, in a family structure, people might, you know, depending on what you do, that becomes difficult. That balance becomes difficult or that understanding amongst, you know, significant others and stuff like that, because depending on what kind of lifestyle you live. <clears throat> I, I always liken what you just said to, you know, how when you board a plane and they go through like the safety protocol and they talk about when the, the mask comes down, like what yeah. you're supposed to do is really put yours on first and then tend to everybody else. It, to your exact point, like if you're not right in a place where you can actually feel right about yourself, there's no way that you're going to provide what's necessary, both nurturing and you know financial and all the other shit, right. to anybody. So yeah, right. you gotta find that happy place for yourself and have have that be consistent. But like I said, I'm talking about the extremes. I'm talking about people like Kay said, four days a week they going out. And it yeah, seeing no, them, you know, that's great, <laughs> right. that's great times. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just trying. Well, the thing is, again, like it's funny in, in my specific circumstances. Like, my job seems like it's a party. You know, like it's fucking, you know, drink champs. Or when when I do have meetings, it's always a fucking, you know, a drink fest or a party fest or whatever. And so one would think that that is your your steam being let out there at the same time that you work. But what I always try to tell my girls, like. No, that and I told this to somebody the other day, like they're like, oh, man, you have the best job ever. And I go, not for nothing. Whenever anything becomes a job, it is just like any other job. That's right. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I do this over this. But once you're obligated to do something and, and this is what you do and it becomes repetitive and it's this is if you don't do this, you're not going to get the same income. Then that's a job like any other job. And there's the stresses that come with it. So for me. Like I tend to like to hang out with my friends outside of anything that has to do with like the entertainment business. I like to just shoot the shit with them, have drinks with them, I'll, you know, like have drinks with them. That's not that I'm working to like drinking, you know, while I'm working. Work. Like yeah. it's just me hanging out and just, you know, letting off steam that way. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard for people to understand that. Yeah. I don't know why I just made this about my my problems. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, man. It's ther <laughs> therapy session. That's it. This we're your shrinks, bro. <laughs> Yo, really quick though, I gotta I gotta fix something. My girl got mad at me because because <laughs> when Sife said that he was he didn't love his kid in the for however many months, I was like I kind of agreed. 
<laughs> and sometimes you blurt things out and you don't really quite explain it or you didn't really mean it the way you said right, right. obviously i loved my child right. from birth but i think what Saif was trying to say and what i was trying to say is that in the beginning you're kind of on this like protect and like you want this little thing to live and it's just it's not it doesn't you know it hasn't grown a personality it's just this new thing in your life that you're just worried that hey i just want to make sure this baby lives right and you're kind of like on like you know yeah, autopilot you're yeah you're worried about not dropping it and that's <laughs> right that's basically right, what it is right. you don't and, and yeah. yeah and then once that baby starts to you know you get used to, to 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 having the baby around and then that baby starts to develop personality and you, you know all this stuff you you know you notice yourself having that that type of affection that we all know it comes with being a parent i mean i don't know if i fixed what i said but she was like what you didn't love your kid <laughs> See, that, that's, that's why this podcast is dope because we're talking about it from the guy perspective like we right. say shit like that and but we understand what we mean because we're brutes and we right. say dumb shit dude right. we do you know but we we know how to slice it to understand what the core meaning was it's right, harder right. for a woman to to see i think but right Okay, we forgive She's you. She's like, I love the baby before I was in my stomach. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and here you come find out it took you months. I'm like, it wasn't months. That was an exaggeration, obviously, for effect. You know? I've been She's loving probably... the baby since it was in my sack. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> She's probably going to get mad at you again for just what yeah. you just said. <laughs> yeah, probably. Don't worry. You got, you got a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Que <sighs> rico. <laughs> I I had something else that I I wanted to bring up. Um, I can't think of it right now. I'll bring. I'll, I'll try to write it down for next time. All right. We we clocked in pretty nicely here. Okay. Yeah, this is good. That's it. So so okay, you gotta tell us how do we end this. You know. You know. <laughs> You know how it goes. <laughs> that sounded mad creepy. You know. <laughs> you know. Indeed. indeed. We got to make shirts that say indeed. Did we already say that before? They're coming. Yeah, we said it. <laughs> indeed. It's taking our time. That's all. All right. Peace. All right, fellas. Fatherhood. Later.